You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 245. On tonight's episode, the Bat Muddling's all by himself down in his crypt because his ghost is still moving house. And so, he's been down there a long time, folks, and he may be getting a little nutty, but he's been reading, and he's been looking, and he's been thinking, and he's about to share those thoughts with you, and... Oh, you should turn it off now. Really, save yourself the troubles. I have to stay here. I don't have a choice. You can turn it off now. And if not, then that's fine. Just shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next, I don't know, as long as I go here. I'm going to do my best <laughs> to be informed, entertained. And maybe have a laugh or two here with myself, bringing you Realm Lords and General's Handbooks and other things. I'm your host, David Whitek, and I'm running solo today, as you heard from the master engineer. Alex is still moving house, and so here I am. Just me. That's what you got. So <laughs> deal with it. Ah. Yeah, so, um, you know what? Let's get through all this introduction stuff and jump into what's going to be happening here today. But before anything happens here today, I feel the need, the desire, the want. You know what? I just want to thank the sponsors, okay? So, first of all, we want to thank Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore for uh, their, patro- their their sponsorship, as well as Six Squared Studios, Six Squared Studios, uh, who get you all your bases and your trays and your little tokens and little places to organize your tokens and bits and things for your games. They've got it all there at the number six squared studios dot ca. That's right, dot ca. Because they're in Canada, eh? Which ain't a bad place to be right now. So, uh, what else? Oh, and of course, you can't forget Grognard's Games because there's always something happening at Grognard's. And I know I'm snapping and I should be ringing the bell because I got a bell. Listener sent me a bell. And my kids opened the package and said, there's a bell in here. And I said, that's for the show. Take it downstairs. And I've not seen it since. So, next episode, we will have a bell. <laughs> Because my kids are rotten, and you ask them to do something, and they don't do the thing you ask them to do. Um, but that's not all my kids are rotten. Harrison's a pretty good kid, and I just saw him running upstairs for absolutely no reason. I have a feeling he might be coming down here with the bell. If he comes down here with the bell, I will be ringing the bell throughout the show. can't help myself. Um, you put a bell in front of me, I'm going to ring it. It's just that simple. Uh, what else, folks? Oh, uh, Patreon sponsors. That's right. I want to thank... All of the Patreon sponsors who here on the show donate, uh, think this is worth something, the almost 1%. You guys make everything that happens here possible, even this hot mess. So I definitely want to thank our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and Lance Pear, our executive producers, Colin Miller, and Andrew Frank Husen. And our newest patrons, Evan Myers and Alex Self, thank you to you guys and everyone, past, present, and if you're considering it, future Patreon patrons. Thank you all. Uh, you don't know how much it means to me uh, and to Alex and uh, 
basically everyone who helps do this show. Uh, you have no idea how much we appreciate all of your help uh, in doing this. And here he comes. And is that the take the bell out of the box? Don't I mean come on? I'm running the show. I got a bell. Uh, take it out of the wrap. Come on. Uh, you can almost hear it. Bells are coming. Oh my god! They package these things up like like they're the government secrets or something. Hold on. And so there's always something happening at Grognards. So that's gonna happen all the time now. So annoying. Alex is going to kill me. There's always something happening at Grognards. So wait, or should we? No, that doesn't work either. Okay. Anyway, I have a bell now, so watch out. Uh, all right, and guess what? Voicemail. Dude, we got a bunch of voicemails. We got so many voicemails, it's just silly. Like, I don't even know what to say about it. But we do have voicemail, and so uh, I am going to play some of them for you. Let's see, how many do we have even? It's just a bunch. Let's see, voicemail. Uh, one, two, three... We got four. We got four voicemails coming in. We had five, but one of them is from a person who's part of the four who said, please disregard the first voicemail. So I'm going to do that because if you ask me to disregard it, I will disregard it because I don't want to embarrass anybody. So we're going to have the first voicemail coming in right here, hopefully right now. Let's see if this works. Greetings. This is Ross from Iowa. Hey, Alex, did you know that the Garage Hammer has voicemail? The number is 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Bye. See, that just proves people are listening and people do it. And so right there. And thanks, Ross, because you're right. That is the number. If you want to leave a voicemail like Ross did... You can call one seven five seven GH Show Six. That's one seven five seven GH Show Six, and you too can be a part of the show, like Ross was. Thanks, Ross. Uh, let's see what do we got. We got Anthony coming in next. What does Anthony have to say? Let's hear. Let's hear from Anthony. Hey, this is Anthony again. Uh, please ignore the previous voicemail about the dwarves and the elves. So I started actually looking more into the wizards. And I'm actually now torn between either the Stormcast or the uh, Vampires and Ghouls. And I kind of want your guys' thoughts on both of those and also to see uh, if you, uh, what you guys think about any offensive spells outside of Arcane Bolts that those two would have access to. Uh, once again... Thank, uh, thank you guys for making the show. Uh, definitely helping with the uh, COVID uh, situation. All right. Have a good one. Okay. So, uh, Anthony, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to table this one until Alex gets back because as far as spell casting goes, I didn't even think that the Stormcast had too much offensive spell casting. Um because they don't have too many wizards or wizardy types. That's what I was under the impression of, at least the, the ones I played. Because you know what? They came out with like three, four waves of them, and I stopped early buying new ones after the second wave. So what do I know about Stormcast? Not a thing. I know even less about vampires, although I know that's not true. Because if you're playing vampires, you've probably you got to be playing uh, undead. 
And that's going to fall under Legion and Agash, and they have so much stuff they can take. It's just dumb. Um, it's actually wonderful. I think if you're talking offensive spell casting, uh, I, I think that your your uh, Legion of Nagash with your vampires and your probably throwing in a couple necromancers in there. Um, far more offensive spell casting. But once again, we're going to back that up, and we're going to re- we're going to come back to that when Alex is here because he knows things. Uh, next voicemail. What we got here? This one's from Matt. Way to go. Here we go. Hi, guys. My name is Matt. I live in San Antonio, Texas. I just wanted to call and say I think your uh, podcast is awesome and great. Um, it's one of the things that on long car trips, my wife and foster son and I enjoy listening to the episodes where you go over things like the lore of the different factions. So uh, here recently we took a trip in state and we listened to the Ozzy Ark Bone Reapers lore episode going to our destination and listened to the Fire Slayers lore episode going back home from our destination. So just wanted to call in, say I think you guys are great. Please keep up the great work. And I look forward to the next episode. Bye. Someone who likes the lore episodes. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Uh, I like the lore episodes, too, because you don't have to be good at this game to appreciate the lore. Uh, and the English teacher in me just loves picking that stuff apart and going through it and reading it. And it gets, It's the lore that gets me excited for this game. It really is. Uh, anyone who listens to the show for any amount of time knows that. Uh, the lore is, the, you know, it's that story behind the army that makes you want to put that army on the table. Uh, when we cover lore and war... I get more people saying that the lore episodes are what get them to want to collect that army than the other way around. Although an odd thing, we get slightly more downloads for the war episodes than the lore episodes. But it's the lore episodes that make people want to collect. I mean, now I suppose once they collect, then they go back and listen to the war a couple of times because Alex always has good ideas because Alex knows how to play this game. So that in and of itself would probably could be one of the reasons why you're seeing extra downloads of that because people are wanting to listen to that one a few more times, get those good ideas um, rather than just the uh, exciting ideas uh, that of what can be that come in the lore. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. And the wife and the kid are listening. That's great. Um, your kids are listening to the show. That's right. I've got a little bit of a rant coming up a little later in the episode, and I was wondering if I was going to have to edit myself, and it looks like I will, because that's right, kids are listening too, so okay. Um, now, and next, we got Joe, and this is the last voicemail. We got Joe calling in, so this is from Joe. Let's take a listen. Hi, Dave and Alex. This is Joe from Philly. I'm not normally a voicemail kind of guy, but you all give so much happiness to the community, I figure I would give some of it back to you. Thank you guys for running such a great show. With the pandemic, I'm spending most of my time at work alone, and it's really nice to have you all as company. Dave, you had mentioned previously how much you like Slayers, Fire Slayers, and Slayer Pirates. When I was a kid, before I could afford minis, I wrote a song about the Slayer Pirates, and I thought you would really appreciate it. Uh, I'll only sing one verse because I've not had enough liquid courage for the whole thing, but I'll send you a photo of it in an email. Thank you all for everything you do. It's really uh, nice to have uh, 
you guys around. Um, I don't really know how else to say it. Uh, thanks a bunch. Hardy har har, we're the long drawn slayer pirates. Hardy har har, we've yet to meet our end. Hardy har har, we'll split you from end to end. We're the long drawn slayer pirates. I'm sure that you could do better, Dave. Uh, thanks again for everything, guys. Take care. Okay. Now, full disclosure. I got Alex's, uh, or not Alex, I got Joe's email. Uh, and he did, and he sent me pictures of the pages that he wrote the song on. Now, uh, maybe I will try to turn that into a little bit of a song for a future episode because he's got several verses. And it's, it's just photos of these. Pe- I mean, you could tell he wrote this when he was like much younger. Like it's got little kid handwriting and stuff. Uh, and dude, if that's actually your, your current day handwriting, I apologize. I'm not trying to offend anybody, but <laughs> he's got like verses and verses. And I, this is, this is totally the type of junk I would have done when I was a kid. Um, and now that I kind of have his, uh, his little, uh, the, the melody in there, we'll see if I can't hardy har har. Cause literally every other line is hardy har har. It, we're the Slayer Pirates. It's, it's, it's wonderfully, um, little kid-ish. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, to me, it was just something I could, I could totally, uh, appreciate. So, um, thank you very much for that. I do. I mean, and getting on there and singing it a little bit was just, I, I did. I enjoyed it. I thank you very much. Anybody else want to call, leave a voicemail, tell a joke, uh, sing a song, do anything. You guys know I love hearing them. I really do. So uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to have the my, my lonely little toolbox followed by, I'm going to talk a little bit about Lumineth Realm Lords. Not like, uh, not a lore or a war. Just, oh God, I really like this army. Like, I'm glad Harrison's buying it because when he goes to school, I'm going to, I'm going to play it with when he's not, when he's not playing it, I think I will be because I just, I love everything behind this concept of this army. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the new GHB because there's some cool stuff in there. At least I think cool stuff in there. Um, then we'll do that when we come back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. We are back. We, I am back. That's right. I'm back. I'm back. I 
like that kind of thing. All right, so Toolbox brought to you by Chaos Org Superstore. 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 Okay, so um, let's talk hobby. Let's talk Lumineth Realm Lords box set. Let's talk that that entire box set's only about 500 points. <laughs> uh, I don't even think it's a full 500. It's not a lot. Uh, which makes me understand why some people were buying five sets, because now you have a 2,000-point army. Uh, I went the sane way. Uh, actually, Harrison went the sane way. Harrison, this is, he's actually buying this. This is the first army he's buying completely with his own money. Now, when I say completely with his own money, he sold his old um, high elf army. Uh, we got a, a buyer who is playing, actually playing uh, eighth, and uh, I think a little Kings of War, or maybe ninth age. <laughs> okay. Um but don't even need to rebase because there you go. Like uh he's got this army and uh, you know Harrison got a decent price for it. And so now he's got this money and he's asked me to go uh when this stuff comes in at Grognards and I pick it up and and uh first of all, let me tell you. This uh this box set is beautiful. Like, it's only 16 models. I will say I, uh, the mold lines give me pause because they literally come right up across the, sh the center of the shoulder pads and stuff, like right through the center of the model. Um, and they're so beautiful. As a person who doesn't like to scrape mold lines and has actually not scraped mold lines and just said, forget it, uh, and then you paint it up, and people are like, ugh, the mold lines. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I know I got to do it. These models are too nice not to scrape the mold lines. But it does, I mean, I'm talking, like, per model, I probably spent about, I don't know, between five and seven minutes scraping mold lines on all the pieces. You know, and it's only an eight-piece model. So they're, they're, they're kind of harsh. And it, that's in my opinion. Now, I'm, that's not to take anything away from these models. They are stupid good um stupid in that they literally have three inch you know their, their spears have a three inch reach well i took the little combat gauge from their hand to the end of the spear is three inches uh i don't know they're playing with this it's going to be a nightmare that's the that's the stupid good now the good good is that they're just gorgeous they go together beautifully they look so good um Harrison has decided he doesn't want to go with any of the new color schemes. He wants to keep it pure, old, high elf uh, scheme. So it's going to be the blue and the white with a little, maybe probably turquoise highlights. Um, and I, like I said, I haven't, I haven't painted a, a GW model, I think, since, well, PACA since January. So this uh, will be my first bit of going back and painting. Uh, all of my painting has been those... Uh, Star Wars Bendai miniatures that I bought uh, and I painted up for my wife for her birthday. All the little spaceships and stuff. But as 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 little as I can motivate myself to paint miniatures lately, this, I'm looking at this going, I got to give this a try. These are just so nice. Um, the cav models, the five fast cav models are gorgeous. Uh, the empty suit is just crazy. Uh, this is 16 of the most 
amazing models I've ever built. I, I am ju- I can't say enough about them because they're just that good. It's crazy how good they are, and um, I'm I'm just I'm just over the moon. I'm so excited. I cannot wait for the rest of this line to come out. Um, neither can Harrison. Uh, he's so excited to get back into playing. Of course, he's leaving for college in like three weeks, and I won't have it. But when he comes home for Thanksgiving, um, we'll play. And I think school goes completely remote after Thanksgiving or something like that. So he may come home early for Christmas break. Uh, so either way, we're gonna. We're, I'm looking forward to us spending time and playing this game again uh, because he's excited to play the game again, which is just so cool because, I mean, it was just me, Harrison, and Christopher playing this game for well over a year. We had no one to play with. In fact, it was just the three of us until we started the podcast. And then people, you know, were like, oh, hey, you know, we're in your area. We play too. So to get Harrison back and playing the game is just super exciting for me. And um, these... (laughs) These are going to be, this is going to be, I mean, for an army with only like 10 units, uh, and I think, what, half of them are are character models, you basically got, what, three or four units, and then you got a big cow, and then you got the, the, everything else is characters, and that's totally okay, because um, they all seem to fit. It's just great. We'll talk about that in a bit, but that's, I've been building Lumineth Realm Lords. Uh, for gaming, we obviously have not been gaming. Um, I did pick up. Uh, now we we played there. There's a Dune board game out, which is a re, basically a reproduction of the original Dune board game, which uh, we picked up. And we did not do a Garage Gamer on it. Uh, it's hard to get Christopher back on the show. It's just not his thing anymore to do the do the recordings. But we are hoping to do one about the Dune board game. In a while, uh, it's so much fun. If you're into Dune, it's really fun. I, I don't know anybody who's read it besides like me and Christopher, and we finally got Harrison to read it. Like literally, when we got Harrison to read it, we were excited because Christopher and I both read Dune, and none of our friends had read it. And like for 20 years, like we were the only two who could talk about Dune with each other. And then Harrison read it, and it's like, oh, we got someone else, someone new, and ex- who's got you know some fresh blood into the conversation. Uh, and then recently Chris, you borrowed them and he's on the second book and we've been talking with him a little bit, but if you've read it, if you're into Dune, this board game is fantastic and they just came out with an expansion. You used to only be able to play, uh, the Fremen, the Harkonnens, the, uh, Atreides, I believe the, you can play with the Emperor's people and the Spacing Guild and the Bene Gesserit. And now they've uh, just come out with an expansion with the Ixians and the Tleilaxu. So, like, oh, look, we got something new to play. So we're very excited about that. We picked that up. Um, what else have I picked up? Oh, Harrison is picking up Root, which, which uh, Root, if you haven't played it. Uh, Root actually reminds me of a really friendly, fun version of, like, Chaos in the Old World. You've got four different factions all vying for control of the area. Uh, all with their own unique way to play, and and d- except it's like a forest, and they're down by the trees, and you can play the birds or the mice or the. It's just it's it's I know it sounds weird, but it's actually really fun, and they've just recently come out with some expansions that we're going to be picking up and playing as well. And uh, other than that, I, I actually I, I almost hate to say this, 
but I've been in the past week I've played video games. And I know that's nothing bad. It's just I literally haven't played a video game in uh, 12 years, maybe longer. I mean, I you know, it was me always playing video games that got me into this hobby because my wife said, find a hobby that's not flipping video games. So we've been doing this 10 years. We've been playing Warhammer for two. I have literally have not played. I'll, okay, don't, if you don't count rock, rock Band or Guitar Hero because that we would – play Christopher and I would play and sometimes we would play them we'd have it over if people came over for parties we would play if you don't count that I haven't played a video game in at least 12 years um, and then I was sitting around and Harrison had Disgaea 5 running on his Nintendo Switch and I haven't played that since Disgaea and if you don't know what that game is it's sort of a it's it's, it's like an RPG um it's not really, but it kind of is. You pick characters, and then you just go through levels, and they they are they get more and more powerful. Um, the thing about this game is you can actually get your weapons leveled up by going into the item world where you go through and you fight through the levels inside your weapon, magically purifying and making it a better weapon. So the more levels you beat in that, the better your weapon gets. So you could literally get a character who can get up to level 9999. So you can get up to, <laughs> yes, you can get your character almost up to level 10,000. That's where they max out. And you can do that for your weapons as well. So if you're one of these people who likes to play these games where you kind of go through board by board taking out enemies... Uh, and just grinding away, building up experience, and, and like making ultimate characters. My OCD kicks in like crazy when I play this game. It's so, oh, it's just so wonderful. It's such a nice release for all of my, uh, my, uh, my, my, well, my OCD and stuff like that. So basically, all of my uh, psychological problems I can get released by playing Disgaea. And then I found out that they have a, a game called Friday the 13th uh, where you can, I guess you play counselors hiding from Jason. I literally just got that in in the mail. Haven't gotten to play it yet. But I got that for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I think you can play Jason and just go and try to get all the counselors too. I know you can play online, so I haven't done that yet. But I, that's I've, I've been playing video game uh, just because it's something to do when it gets late and you don't want to, you know, pull out a whole big game and you don't know what movie to watch because you've been watching horror movies and science fiction movies and other things like it's going out of style uh but so that's what i've been playing what else oh uh let's see other oh dude so many movies like i said i'm just going through shutter and uh and netflix and hbo max hbo max oh dear lord there's so many movies there it's so good uh but yeah just watching a ton of you know, a ton of horror movies, like I said, some science fiction movies, um, things like that. A lot of A24 art films. You know, watch The Lighthouse again. God, I love that movie. Um, but there's just so much on to, to, to watch. Uh, my daughter got me watching the TV show Lucifer, which is now on Netflix. And I'm on starting season three of the four seasons that they have. That show is so much fun. Uh, but I've always got something on in the background while I'm either writing or working. I built a chair. Oh, yeah, that's right. Built an Adirondack chair. Now, my, my good friend Jason uh, really did a lot of the, the heavy lifting on building this chair. But So we saw some we saw this thing, and so this is what we're doing. Um, 
this guy builds and sells these fancy chairs, and we we saw what he did, and I, I said, I, I think I could try to do something similar with that. Um, so I'm building and doing my own, but it's basically an Adirondack chair. It's, uh, it's the first one I'm doing. I'm probably going to take what I learned from this and try to do another one that's a little better. But so, you know, went out, bought all the wood, got it all home, cut it all up, made a basic Adirondack chair. Um, but the armrests, uh, the wood I've cut in the shapes of machetes, and the entire back is the chest and head of Jason from Friday the 13th. So, and then on the front of the chair, uh, where the little wood part is, it all looks like stained wood, and you got a little, like, the little camp Crystal Lake sign in the front, and I'm working on that right now, and uh, that's just really cool. I built a chair, like, two-by-fours and one-by-fours, and, and two-by, and cut it all up and, and, and put it all together, and, you know, countersinking all the parts and going and routing around the edges so that everything's nice and smooth. It was really... Uh, kind of incredible I, I know it sounds dumb i built a chair you know but it's not like i bought it from ikea all and just 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 you know screwed in all the weird screws like i bought lumber and cut it up and and put a chair together it's just it was kind of neat for me it was really exciting and fun and i'm learning a lot about how this works and i think if i do another one i can do much better um I was gonna do a Michael chair, but the just it's much more it's far more boring on the color scheme to do a Michael chair. So um, we're trying that out. And what else? What other hobby weird stuff have I done? I can't think of anything else. I know there's something else I wanted to talk about, and I can't think of it. Um, some other hobby esque stuff I've been. Oh yeah, so I bought a paint by numbers, and boy was that a mistake. This thing is huge. Um. And I, it, it's it's uh, it's the irises. It's uh, it's uh, it's this famous painting, and I love it. And I got it, and I didn't realize how small some of these little paint by number spots are. And then you pull it all out, and it's like, oh, this is like an expert level one. Twenty five different colors of paint, twenty eight hundred little spots to fill in with the color. You go one color at a time, just filling in all the numbers. But boy, talk about you know. It's 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 fill in the blank. It's literally just going in. It's it's paint by numbers. I mean, it's literally what it is, is paint by numbers. And I haven't done one since I was a little kid. And let me tell you what, that is the most relaxing, mindless. I could just sit and paint, and I don't have to think about anything other than staying in the lines. It's like it's like being a kid with a coloring book again. Uh, except I don't even have to pick my own colors. It's telling me what colors to use. This is a wonderful bit of relaxation in the time of you can't leave your damn house. Uh, I'm just saying, it's if, if you got something and you need a little break, this might be the thing. Now, granted, uh, I am going a little stir crazy, um, so maybe some of this is 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 a result of that. Um, full disclosure is one of the reasons this episode is late this month. I am having surgery in. Uh, less than 12 hours. Uh, just, uh, I have a deviated septum and they're going and scraping cartilage and opening up my nose so I can breathe properly for the first time in my life. And uh, so, uh, you know, if you're going to actually go in for surgery, one of the rules here in Illinois is you have to go for a COVID test three days before your surgery. And then you have to self-isolate uh, until your surgery. So that way, you uh you know you don't catch anything if you if you so i got tested and i'm clean yay me and then um 
Yeah, so now I'm getting, I'm getting stir crazy. Like I'm, I'm literally, I, I haven't done anything for like three days. And I mean, I know a lot of people have isolated. I am not in at risk category. My wife kind of is a bit. So if we need stuff, I'm the one who goes out. So I get to go out. Like I get to, I do the grocery shopping. I go out. I put gas in the car. I'll go out and pick up meals. You know, through the you know the curbside pickup. And I got home Monday and feel, oh, can you pick up? No, I can't. It was just so, it's the weirdest thing for me just to be here and not go anywhere. So, yes, I've been doing weird paint-by-numbers and things just to keep occupied and playing video games and stuff like that. Because, once again, I don't sleep. Uh, I, I, don't, I sleep between, I sleep about three hours a night and then I might take a nap uh, in the afternoon. Sometimes I'll just doze off for a little bit, but never for long. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> doing these things is, uh, keeping me as close to sane as I've been, but that's my toolbox, man. That's, uh, the, all the stuff I've been doing. I cannot, uh, I cannot recommend, uh, oh, by the way, um, Oh, no. What was the movie I want to tell you guys about? There was something I saw that was really cool. And I was like, oh, I want to tell the fans about this. Or the fans, the listeners. Well, I'm assuming you're fans of the show. If you're listening to the show, I just don't want to be too self-congratulatory. That gets ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of what it was. No, it wasn't The Color Out of Space, but thanks, Harrison. Color Out of Space was nothing like the book, but boy, did I have fun with that because it's Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. There was some insane acting choices going on in that movie, let me tell you. But so, yeah, you know what? I tell you what. Let's wrap up the toolbox and move on to um, our my, my first topic. Uh, oh, before we get to the topic, I got I got something I wanted to say, and so... Let's let's let my rant uh, take over here. Um, so this is something weird, uh, and I normally don't make comments like this uh, because that's not what this show is about. Let's face it, guys. People tuning into this show are tuning in because they want to have they, they they like the hobby, they want to listen in, have fun. Um, I don't like when the show gets too serious. I don't like when the show gets too, uh, you know, just, you know, the, the, nobody tunes in for a downer. Now, granted, with the lockdown and stuff like that, there's times you start talking about that you can't help yourself. But, you know, I stay away from certain things on the show. I stay away from religion. I stay away from politics because Lord knows anytime you bring up any of that stuff, A, you lose listeners. Uh, I get enough hate mail from people who think they know what I think because I make a weird comment here or a weird comment on social media. Um, and you know, I just, I don't like to deal with that stuff. Uh, and I'm not going to make any big political statements now either, because that's not who I am. But I just want to say, you know, uh, recently games workshop put out a post saying how they're committed to being more diverse and, 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 and more inclusive in their games and in their game design and stuff like that. And, uh, I've seen mixed reactions to this and most of it's positive because most people are good human beings and they understand that this is a good thing. You know, most of us are normal. Um, I have read a few things where people say, well, you know, they're just doing that for, you know, they, they, that's, that's a purely a, uh, 
that's that's a that's a calculated move to you know help with the, their business with their sales and stuff like that. And to my response to that is so. Uh, as long as you're being honest about it, I mean, yes, you do things that help you make more money. You're a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you hear all these different podcasts and people talking about inclusivity. You know, uh, we've talked about this on the show before. There's other shows who have, who have talked about it ad nauseum. You know, get, try, how do we get more women? How do we get more... Uh, you know, uh, people of color playing the game just because this game. I mean, you, you seriously, you look around. And it's it's basically a lot of a lot of dorky white guys playing this game. Uh, I think that's sort of the vast majority. Uh, and you see, there are you know girls playing, and there are uh, people who aren't just dorky white guys playing, and that's a good thing. And you say, well, look, we want you know them, and the response seems to be well. Make stuff that looks like, I mean, how many girls do you, and be honest, how many times, and I've heard this from a lot of different players, you know, they get their wives to play or their girlfriends to play, and what armies do they pick? They pick wood elves, or they pick Eldar, or they pick stuff that has some female models in it, stuff that, or, you know, or they'll play witch elves, um, stuff like that. They're going to play, because, you know, they want to play with something that, that represents them. And I've never had a problem with that, because, once again, I'm a, no, I'm a normal human being. Uh, I never realized how important it is to people to have that sort of representation because I'm pretty much represented everywhere I go. Uh, So I never realized it until I was listening to an episode of Fat Men on Batman, which is the Kevin Smith, Mark Bernardin podcast. And Kevin was not there that day. And Mark Bernardin, um, he's a writer, he's an entertainment writer, and he's, uh, he's, he's black. And he had a panel of other black people on and they were all talking about when black panther came out and how they had this this you know his parents who don't go to the movies that often had gone to see it several times uh, because and they were just blown away and they were just like it's one of the first times where you saw all these heroes and all these people that were like them and i was listening to that and i was like oh, okay i i think I, I get it a little better you know and it's not like i didn't understand it before but to actually hear someone talk about it for like two hours <laughs> And it just kind of hits home, you know. It's and so when Games Workshop says, "Hey, look, we're going to put out more models that uh, you know, and we're we're not they're not all just going to be painted up like 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 European guys, you know. Um, we're going to have more models that are female, uh, and and they've been doing that. And you can say it's not enough, or you could say it's 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 about time. And you know, you could be negative about it if you want to. Um. But what they're doing is a good thing. And so when they say they're going to do this, and why wouldn't they? Because they have they ask, what do you want? And there are people out there, you know, who say, hey, look, we would like to see things that represent us in your game. I would like something that, that makes me feel like I'm more a part of this world you're creating. Or at least people that I can relate to on a, on a better level. And that's what they're doing. They're literally giving their audience what they want. Okay. Um, and I think that's great. And that's basically what I'm going to say, because honestly, who, how, what kind of human being is against this? Like who is literally sitting there saying, listen, listen, this whole thing, you're pandering. You're a bad, you're doing this in bad faith. You know, by, by including everybody else, 
there's less the game's not 100% like me and I don't like that like what kind of monster is going to stand up and be like no by including everybody you have alienated me because my idea of inclusivity is where everything is mine you know seriously if you're that type of person fuck you Seriously, just go fuck yourself, all right? And I'm probably going to lose listeners over this. I may. And you know what? If you're the type of person who's like, ugh, if you're going to have female characters, I quit. You know what? Good. Don't listen. Go away. Fuck yourself, all right? Because I, uh, no, nobody needs you, all right? Nobody likes you. Go back, crawl into the hole you came out of. Because this this is that is that is abominable behavior. I just don't get like seriously, do you not understand how out of line that sort of thing is? Do you not get where for you to sit there and be mad that this game is now going to have variety? have a representation of all sorts of people so that not only you but anyone who wants to play can find something that maybe they can relate to on a on a on a level that maybe you've never had to even think about relating to because it's all you fit into all of it you know and seriously if this is something you don't get if you're one of these people who are going to sit there and complain ah oh, they're dragging they're force feeding nobody's force feeding you anything Oh, look, some of my models now come, the 10-pack, the a couple of those models are women. Then don't play with those models. Don't build those models. If that offends you so much, if you're so afraid of women, don't build them. If you don't want to paint them up, if you don't want to paint them up with any color of skin other than super pale, then don't. Nobody's making you, but don't. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know what? Here's the problem. You think that you're standing up for something, you think that what you're doing... Now, I'm hoping you just think you're some sort of an edgelord and you're just a troll. Because if you're just being a troll, at least you know what you're saying is wrong and you're just a... If you honestly are not a troll, if you're honestly having problems with this, you know what? You're the monster here. You're the villain in this story. You've become the bad guy. Maybe you don't know it, but you have become the arch villain. You have become the arch nemesis. And don't put yourself up on a cross and act like you, you're trying to save all this stuff. Because obviously Games Workshop's doing something right. Because they're just their sales and their profits have been increasing every year for the past several years. They're recording record sales. They're doing something right. And if you don't like it, if you really think this is a horrible thing, then go away. Or you know what? Keep playing it the way you want to play it. Just don't spew your stupidity and your ignorance and your hatred out over for everyone to see it. Because you know what? Nobody wants to hear it anymore. Sitting there and screaming that everyone's inclusivity somehow excludes you by including everybody you're excluding me because i hate everybody who's not like me then go away Fuck you seriously die in a fire and i'm sorry if i'm going too far with this and i obviously have been talking for too long holy crap i've been talking for 10 minutes about this i just had to get it off my chest because i see this going on 
and it just drives me bananas. And anybody who knows me knows I am, I am, I'm just trying to sound like a normal, rational human being. More people in this game is great. And actually having parts, pieces, toys in the game that, that they like, that help them feel like they're more a part of it is a good thing. And you know what? Normal, decent people shouldn't have to say this. All right? If I can't uh, if I have to explain to you how it's okay and it's good to care about other people, you're probably hopeless already. If I have to explain to you why it's good to care about and be considerate of other human beings, that's probably because you don't understand what it means to be a considerate and decent human being. And I probably there's nothing I can do. So hopefully I'm preaching to the choir here. I'm not saying this for any sort of feedback. I'm not saying this because, you know, it's it's the it's the thing to do now. Like I said, I refrain from discussing these types of topics 99% of the time. But I think what GW is doing is sincere. And I think what they're doing is right. And I think if you're going to sit here and be like, we need to boycott, we need to stop playing, we need to, I don't know, start a, start a, you know, I don't know, what do you do when you get mad? You, there's no sponsors to call and, you know, you can't cancel culture of the game. All I guess you could do is complain to the company. And if you're doing that, seriously, just you're you're awful. There's something wrong with you. I mean, there's always complainers. Our hobbies. I mean, every fandom's got its 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 trolls and its terrible, you know, people who you're just like, oh, you complain about everything. But if you're complaining that we're including other people, you suck. And if that, and if you don't like hearing that, don't ever come up to me and talk to me if you see me someplace, especially to argue this point because I just won't do it. All right, I'm done. I just had to get it off my chest because I keep seeing it on social media. And I just think that there are just some people who just don't understand what it is to be a human being. I hope they go away. I really do. I don't I don't ever want this hobby to get smaller. I want this hobby to grow. But it's sometimes it's really good to shake the tree and get all the negative, horrible, inhuman monsters out of your hobby. So, all right. I, now I'm now I'm seriously done. All right, so uh, time to move along. I think we can. Yeah, you know what? Let's talk. Let's go back to talking realm lords <laughs> because realm lords rock. I don't even know. I I can't explain how awesome they are. Um, now you only got about ten units, and I'm not even going to go into the lore that much because I haven't read all of it. I just want to talk about a few things that I think are cool here because, man, the Realm Lords, and I know it continuously referenced the High Elves because let's, you know, this is, I mean, it's Teclas. Well, it's Teclas and Tyrion we keep hearing about, although he's not in here, which, and the rumors that I hear is that there's going to be a new book and that's going to be Tyrion's, excuse, Tyrion's half of the Realm Lords, or if they call them something different, maybe they can become one bigger army because this is a 10-unit army. I mean, I thought the I thought the Fire Slayers were short on units, and then I saw the Lumineth Realm Lords, and I was like, "This makes no sense. Why is this so small?" But it's Teclas and Tyrion, and I'm but I'm hoping, and I don't know anything, folks. I really don't. Like, you know, I'm not a playtester. Alex is, but he tells me nothing because he can't, um, and that's fine with me. I actually like the surprise. You know, um, 
I like to see stuff, you know, when it comes out and, and stuff like that. I'm hoping that there's a, a Tyrion army with dragons and much heavy cav and all the things that this army doesn't have and that they can just totally be combined, um, like the Orc book or the uh, or the or the Ogre book, where it combined the two, you know, the the multiple factions into one big group. Um, and I don't know how they would do that book wise. I don't want to see a Tyrion book come out and then see a, a third book come out which combines the two. But boy, does this feel like elves to me. I mean, almost every unit is is got a wizard in it. Like, oh, if you got more than a few models, you can cast a spell. That's elfy. That's fantastic. Um, it's it. This I just went through the rules, and I'm like, this so captured the. I'm so excited. I can't wait till we get to the lore and the war on this. Um, the the. Um, just, I'm not even going to go through all of the Realm Lords things. The Aether Quartz Reserve is cool. Uh, Absorb Despair is cool. The Lightning Reactions, you pick two units to fight instead of one. So instead of Always Strike, because, you know, Always Strikes First doesn't make sense because that's not how we fight anymore. It's not like we pick a battle and then we fight this battle between these two units. We go back and forth. So now they pick two because, man, they're fast. I'm like, that's clever. I like that. Um... I like that they fight in twos. I like that. <laughs> I like how their magic works too. Um, what is it like? I, just about everybody, you know, Dawn Riders. If you got three or more models, you're a wizard. And what do you get? Okay, so apparently, just about every unit of regular, every regular unit does a mortal wound on sixes when they attack. The guys with bows do a mortal wound on sixes. The or the Orlan wardens, which are the uh, the guys with the with the pikes, um, I think sixes. Yep, sixes do a mortal wound. Um, that's just what they do. Stone guard. Uh, well, sixes do. Uh, yeah, sixes do a mortal wound onto hits. So in every one of these units. Um, except maybe the stone guard. Um, as long as you have a basic, you know, minimum size for your unit, they can cast this spell. Uh, it's the power of Hish. And so now you do mortal wounds on fives instead of sixes. And you can cast this as many times as you want, which totally breaks all the rules for casting. But of course it does. It's elves. And they cast magic. They are magical. Go back to the lore from the world that was. Ain't nothing more magical than the elves except for the Seraphon. They are the most magical creatures on in the world. And it, this makes sense that you can keep casting this spell and you could just increase their deadliness. And once again, that's, that, that increases that speed, that accuracy, all the things that make... Elves, elves. Yes, they're going to be an elite army, but man, they're going to hit because they're cool. And I'm like, this is so. And now you got to decide: Do I want to let them do mortals on fives? Do I want to actually waste my dispels on this? Because every unit can do it. Which units do I want to stop? Suddenly, magic becomes very difficult for you because they're elves. I mean, they used to throw magic around like it was ridiculous, and now they do again. And let's not even talk about Teclas. 
In fact, no. Let's talk about Teclas. Alex isn't here. We can talk about Teclas. Um, okay, so Teclas is a wizard. Um, he is determined by his archmage ability how many spells he can cast. This is just ridiculous, okay? He's got Arcane Bone. He's got Mystic Shield. He's got the protection of Teclas, which... Uh, this um, you can negate. You can pick a unit and negate mortal wounds on a five up. That works. Um, then he's got another one, the Storm of Searing White Light. I love this spell because, of course, he's got this. This is where he just purifies you with light. This is what he did to the Deepkin that made them run away. I can purify you with bright white light. Um, but the way he casts. I think is so cool because he doesn't cast nearly the number of spells that say Nagash does. And Nagash is amazing. Like I said, I you know, I love him. Uh I don't ha- I have I have more death models than and all my other armies combined. I mean, I've been playing death forever. Um I I did sell my Stormcast. I was playing Stormcast for a long time and I love the Stormcast. Um but I did sell them to my good friend uh um, I know his name. I just don't ever say his name on the air because it embarrasses him. Sorry, I'm talking to Harrison there. Uh, I, I sold the army uh, to Shirley Tempel. Let's go with that name because that's the name he always used. And, uh, be, and it's not that I don't like playing Stormcast. It's that I got tired of every time they came out with a new book I had to buy a whole new set of 30, 40 models and then I had to go back to that same paint scheme of painting that gold and, and the and the colors. I just got tired of having to go back and like I said I, after the second wave of them I didn't buy the third and fourth wave models because I just didn't want to paint that anymore. Um, and that's not a knock on the army. That's just I got tired of that, which is weird because I've painted hundreds and hundreds of these death models, um, but they're all a little bit different. You know, it's not just solid gold with a couple of highlights. And plus, now with the death, with the with the with the contrast paints, boy, oh boy, can I work quick on those? So it's much easier. I can't contrast paint the uh, stormcast because I already started that army in. Uh, the the Duncan way, which is like, you know, five different layers and six different layers and colors just to do the gold. Didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, but these elves, holy mackerel. Okay, so like I said, Nagash casts like 90 spells, and they're all at like plus seven, you know, or whatever. I know I'm exaggerating. But it's what he does, right? But if you look at the lore, he stole magic from the elves, from the dark elves. Um... And he's always been a guy who sort of grabs magic by the throat and makes it do what he wants. Uh, and he's good at it. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy's just one of the greatest sorcerers in the mortal realms. He was a he made himself a god. His power, his stealing of magic, his learning it, his understanding it. He's better at magic probably than anyone. In fact, he's better at magic than anyone in the game except possibly Teclas. And it's and it's not that he was born with it or he has an ability for it. It's he literally grabbed the winds of magic. He grabbed it by the throat and throttled it into submission. And now he is master of it. And it's amazing. 
Techless doesn't cast nearly as many spells, but he just casts them. And this is what's so cool. This is where we fall into the lore and the ideas. That what this is what excites me about this army is just how it the way it plays follows such a wonderful theme. You know, everybody's casting a little bit of magic. Everyone can cast spells, and all of them they still have to cast, even though that spell that gives you the uh, that lets you get mortals on fives. It's only a casting value of six. It's easy to cast. It's easy to get rid of. But then you get Teclas. He can cast either one spell, two spells, or up to four spells. Now, he has to say how many he's going to cast in the beginning of the phase. So at the start of the hero phase, I'm going to cast one or two or up to four. Okay? I suppose you can do three or four. You don't have to call three. It says up to four. Now, if he's only going to cast one spell, he just does it. You don't roll dice. I'm only going to cast this one spell. And it happens because Tekla's just, in, he's so infused with the winds of magic. He so understands them. It is such a natural part of his being that if he just is going to cast one, it happens. And you don't get to dispel it and you don't get to stop it. It's, I do it. He can be going up against Nagash and Nagash's like, I have plus three to dispel and blabble, blabble, flibble, flabble. Nope. Even Nagash can't stop Teclas from casting because this is what he does. It's so intrinsic to his being, and that's cool. That's just cool. And whether you love or hate Teclas, just the idea that this elven lore master of magic can cast and just can do what he wants. He is so in tune with it. And, okay, I'll go back to the story I always tell. Uh, Teclas showed up in one of the Gotrek and Felix novels, and... You know, Felix is the human character in Gotrek and Felix, and he's the character through whom we see the story, okay? And we see the stories through his eyes. It's the character we can relate to, the human character. And he's just amazed as they're going through this 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 place, and it's just this gross, filthy place, and they're all covered in mud and filth, and they're slugging through this slime. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly where it is, but it practically makes me think, it's almost like they were walking through sewers, right? Except it was just a big, bigger, much more open place. But that kind of filth, like swamp, right? And he turns around and he notices that not only is Teclas immaculately clean, but as he's walking, he's walking about four inches above the, everything. He's walking, but he's just floating over everything because he's not, he's, he's not going to walk through the filth and the mire. And I remember as I'm reading it, Felix just this amazement, like, this guy's, and they've been walking for hours. And Teclas's command of magic that he can just so effortlessly walk that he's just continuously keeping himself floating over the filth and keeping all the slog and the slosh and the, and the, and the swamp water and the fog and all, all of it, none of it touches him because he doesn't want it to. And that's, that's the kind of mastery over magic where he can do stuff for hours on end and it's not even an effort for him this is the type of magic he goes so let's say so if it casts one it's going to cast if he's going to cast two spells you still don't roll and it counts as being cast at a 12 so you can attempt to unbind but you got to do you got to beat it right it's not meet or beat it's beat it i think that's the rules what do i know i i don't play this game um so automatically, if he's casting two spells, they still automatically cast. They cast a huge number. And 
you still it's going to be almost impossible to beat it. And if he decides to do up to four spells, they automatically cast at a ten. So once again, you don't need to roll two d six, and enemy wizards can attempt to unbind that. But so, if I'm going to cast four spells, you're going to have to get elevens. If you're Nagash, you're going to have to get an eight to try and stop me. And if I'm worried you're going to stop me, maybe I only cast two spells. Or if it's really important, I just cast the one spell. And then no matter who you are, it happens. This is cool. And there's the difference between the two. The one great, I mean, up until this model came out, I think we could argue that the best model as far as spell casting goes in the game is Nagash. And he's casting six or seven or eight spells, and he's got plus three to cast. And he, you know, and if he rolls a natural nine or whatever uh, or better, he, you know, he gets a double result because man, he just he he has that magic, and he, it he just controls it. It is his servant, just like everything else in the galaxy and the world is supposed to be his servant. Magic is no different than any of his hordes of undead. It exists to serve his whim. Teclas is at one with the magic, right? Uh, to use a Star Wars reference, it's almost as if Nagash is like a Sith where he just kind of takes that power and control and runs with it. And You've got Teclas, I am one with the force and the force is with me. He's, he's just in tuned to it, so intrinsically in tuned that stuff just happens. God, I just, I love this army. I love that all of these different characters, there's all sorts of, and I, maybe it's partly that I'm so used to playing, like vampire counts and then undead, where everything has these little bubbles of, of is circles of influence. You know, if you're within range of this guy, then you can do this and that and the other. Um, you know, having the stone mage near the spirit of the mountain. Oh, you know, um, the, the fact that the giant, the, the, the giant bull god, um, you know, uh, he's got his little stats on his sheet, and as he suffers wounds, his stats go down, just like everyone else. The more damage you take, the worse you get. But if you got a stone mage near him, yeah, everything just counts as having... I mean, you still have the wounds, but you, when you check the charts, it counts as having no wounds. These synergies, this way that these magics just work together. I, oh, this... And I could be wrong. Like I said, I haven't actually played it, any of this stuff. And I suppose we could. I totally let Harrison just be like, okay, here, just take other models. Just count. You know, we can play counts as. We could totally play counts as for this. And we should. I should start playing some more counts as with this just to let him play it. But the synergies and the way these these, these, these 10 units all work together in such a perfect way. Uh, uh, harmony. Uh, they're just—it's in tune with everything around them. Is perfect, you know. The double spell lores, you know, it's like, oh, these people and Teclas knows everything. Uh, okay, of course he does. Um, there's a special rule in here about if they keep the models all, you know, touching at least two other models, they get bonuses. Uh, that's kind of crazy, and I forget exactly how that rule works because man, I haven't been paying attention. Um. But it's just, it's fantastic the way these things work together. Uh, oh, that's Shining Company. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, so if you if your models come in, to, if it, it's like the shield wall or anything like this, how they work together in unity. If every model is touching a base of two or more other models, the unit becomes a shining company. So you, you can't just string them in one line across. You know, they can't just be... Actually, you could, because each mo- oh, the base of each model in the unit is touching the base of two or more other models. So those ones on the end only touching one, you'd have to kind of put them around so that they're... Everyone has to be touching at least two other models. And if they do that, it's minus one to hit them. Well, what? That's That's really cool. However, they cannot run or charge, and they can only move one inch when they pile in. Big deal, because after you charge is when you move them all together and you pile them all together and then you boom you form the shining company after the charge and then suddenly i mean there's just so much cool stuff here that it's just it's so elfy like it it's when you get the rules fit the lore i've said this so many times on the show this is when the game is at its best to me and this army has just nailed it um I don't know how great they're going to be. I don't know when we see them come, when, when tournaments start happening again. I don't know if uh, if these guys are going to be great or not. I just have a feeling that they're going to be great. And they just, it feels fun to me. It feels, it feels kind of like the old vampire counts when you weren't playing hordes of zombies, when you were just playing with the magic and with the putting things together and all the little bubbles of influence and how everything's affected everything else. And uh, I just think it's fantastic. I really do. Uh, I'm so excited for us to be playing with this army uh, because it's just, it's way more than I expected it to be. It's everything Harrison hoped it would be too. And okay, granted, a portion of my excitement might be his excitement. You know, my I, I it's I, Harrison and I play games all the time. You know, like we talk about games, we play a lot of board games, but I mean, the game we really started playing together back when he was 6 was this. There's always a special place in my heart for games of Warhammer with my son because this was like the first big adult type game that we played together. And uh for him to be excited about it and want to come back, it, it's, it, it does my heart good. It makes me very excited. So I, I admit that that might be a part of why I like this army so much. Um, who knows, if he would have freaked out over one of the other earlier armies, you know, that, that might be the army that I'm here being like, oh, that's so awesome. But uh, this is just... Uh, buying me back a little bit of my son's childhood and a little bit of that time back to play and do things with him, things we used to do that we don't really do right now. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe I'm getting too sappy, especially after my rant about people who don't think like me or are bad people. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I I just I wanted to talk about this before we got into because I'll talk about all of this on the on the war episode for Realm Lords and the lore. Harrison is actually, if he's got time, he's going to read this and he may talk the lore with us, uh, depending on um, if Alex has time to come in and do it after he's still finishing moving. But I mean, that's that's how much Harrison's into it, that he might actually come on and, and do the lore episode. 
uh, with us because he's excited about their story even. So, um, I don't know. That's uh, that's where I'm at with this. Uh, why don't we take a break? And then we're, we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the new uh, General's Handbook. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you a little disclaimer before I talk about that. And uh, then we'll talk about that before we kind of get into the wrap-up. So, yeah, I uh, hope you're enjoying this. Like I said, it's just my thoughts about what I've been doing the past month with this hobby, which is building these 16 models and reading these books and trying to get excited about it. And it's, uh, it's kind of exciting. So we'll be back. Something happening at Grognard's. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons and Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section. And you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols. And if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either. But you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards. Because if the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff. And you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. And we're back. I am back. Here I am. Here I am talking, uh, we're talking about the General's Handbook now. General's Handbook just came out. Um, well, it didn't just come out, but for me it just came out because I literally just got it this week. Um, I know it's been out, but I've been busy, and I've been quarantined, and I have kids at home and stuff like that. So I've got to, uh, I just had to get to it when I got to it. Now, i just given, once again, just early impressions of this, and I haven't gone through all the cool matched play stuff, and there's all these new battle plans, and there's new rules, and uh, I don't know a lot of this stuff. I'm just kind of flipping through and, and talking about what catches my eye. Now, I did uh, notice some stuff in the matched play. Now, I'm going to give a full disclosure to this. Um, since I've been on this, since we've been in lockdown, um, I don't really, I used to listen to, like, everybody's... Well, not everybody. I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, especially Warhammer podcasts. Um, but in the last month or two, I've stopped. Uh, and it's nothing personal. There are ones I enjoy, and I'll listen to some you know, here and there. But especially since this stuff has dropped, everybody, it, it's just, it, we haven't had any, anything come out in a while. And now this comes out, and everybody's all over it, and everybody's talking about it. And I really didn't want to get my opinions and my ideas all twisted and changed or... Um, I didn't. I didn't want other people to influence 
my first takes on this. So I haven't listened to basically anything. Um, I basically have been listening to audio books, the new Dresden books, and the the Dune books I, uh, on audio that I've been listening to so that when Harrison's reading, uh, I'm staying caught up with him. Um, I've been listening to some other podcasts, and I've actually been listening to a lot of music lately, which I don't do that much. I'm always listening to books or podcasts, and I've just been... Uh, using music as a way to escape and and, uh, and use some you know kind of lift up my spirits at times. So uh, if I'm giving any takes that other people have already said and it seems obvious, or I'm giving you stuff that's absolutely wrong, feel free to post it on the Facebook page or to email me. Um, I'm certain Alex is going to. Well, I don't think Alex listens to the show. Um, I know when he records, he doesn't listen to them later because you recorded it. Uh, I don't know if he's listening to any of these ones that he hasn't been on. So uh, he's probably slapping himself in the head when I say some of this stuff. But so I'm going through and I'm looking at uh, some of the... I'll talk a little pitched battle stuff first. Um, And... uh, Now, I know you can still use the battle plans from 2019 if you want. Um, I don't know if 2018 is still legit. Uh, That's a question I don't know the answer to. And I'm not too worried about, I'll be honest with you. I'm just like, you know, it, it, it. hey, look, playing in the basement down here in the crypt, you know, we can do whatever we want. Um, playing, um, playing uh, in tournaments, I'm not running them. So whoever decides what you can play in the tournaments, that's, uh, you know, that's that's up to the TO, and I'm not worried about that. So I haven't gone through. Now I will be honest with you. I have not gone through the Coalition of Death stuff. Uh, really, I haven't gone through the um, meeting engagements. Uh, I haven't gone through a lot of that stuff. I haven't gone through a lot of the pitch battle stuff. In fact, uh, the one thing that I noticed as I'm going through is it looks like. Uh, well, A, they've limited how many endless spells you can take, which I think is great. So you can't have someone taking like seven in their army, you know, which is cool. Uh, I think it, you know, you don't want to get ridiculous. Um, this special rule that is in the box here, I think this is new. You can't make more than one roll, excluding rerolls, to negate a wound or mortal wound that has been allocated to a model. If you could use more than one ability to al- to negate allocated wounds or mortal wounds, you must pick which ability you'll use. Now, I don't know if that means you've got if you've got a save roll um and then you've got like these, you know, these magical things um if you can only use them. Um and I don't know what this what this means for I mean like my night haunt. They've got their regular save and then they've got their death save. Is that is that more than one roll? Um like I don't know exactly how that works, and that's that's where I'm a little confused. Uh, that's where I have questions. Um, maybe it's answered in the FAQs. What do I know? Because I haven't been looking at all this. Because I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't been able to play. So like the rules haven't, you know, gotten me so uh, so worried. And I'm certain that when Alex is on, see, this is where when Alex is on, I just ask him because he knows things. Um, and then I don't really have to figure them out. I just read it and say, I don't get this. Can you explain it to me? And he explains it to me before my head explodes. So um, you can't make more than one die roll, excluding rerolls, to negate a wound or mortal wound that has been allocated to a model. 
If you use more than one ability to negate allocated wounds, you must pick which ability you will use. That's, hmm, that sounds like you can't use your death save. Like I said, I'm cool with only getting one save. Uh, I remember back in 8th edition, you had saves, and then you had ward saves, and then you had other types of saves, and it was like, no, you can have your regular save, and then you can have your backup save, which would be sort of like your death save or your ward save, uh, but you only you can only pick the best one. Um, I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but I think in the age where you see people getting three and four rolls... <laughs> For saves, um, that's kind of bananas. So if they're limiting that, I, I don't have a problem with that per se. Um, so I found that to be interesting. Um, now, the realm rules, I'm noticing they've changed too. Uh, you have a feature, an artifact, a command, and a spell. And it looks like it's just one in each of these. And I'm not 100% certain what I feel about that. Um, I know, I, I will say this much. Uh, six spells and six artifacts and all the rules for each realm. You know, it's, okay. <laughs> ah, bless me, excuse me. Um You know, you start to hear people saying how you need all these different books and it's getting bogged down because you have all this stuff. And that was in the, what was that? was in one of the other books. I forget which which book. Malign Portents maybe had all the all the realm rules in it and all that stuff. And this this is like I said, this is where it gets confusing for me as a player. This is where I just go to Alex and I'm like, do I want to pick a realm? Do I need one of these? Is there something in this place that's gonna that's gonna you know? Do this to be better for me. Uh, I, you know, I'm looking through this and I don't even see the thing I used to like to use the artifact, the 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 sword that would kill. That would, you know, if you've got a good roll, you do d6 mortals against heroes and stuff. I don't even see that here. But boy, it seems like they simplified it, and I don't have a problem with that. At least not off offhand. I haven't gone through all of these. I'm certain that some people are mad that their things got nerfed. I notice I don't see any ethereal amulet in here. The ethereal amulet's gone, it looks like. Um, yeah. That's, whew, there you go. Yep. I don't see it, and I don't care, because that was irritating me. Um, but it looks cool. And so far, I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. Once again, first impressions, flipping through the book, talking with you guys just about stuff. Um and that's all I want to talk about about pitch battles because honestly, the first half of the book is actually the part that's really kind of fascinating me. Um, you know, they got the player's code in there, and that's great. And then they got, then I open it up, and it's like, what is Skies of Slaughter? And it's like, oh, wait a minute. So, you know, I mean, apparently Aeronautica Imperialis is doing pretty well because now you can sort of play air battles with all your flying creatures in Age of Sigmar. Um <laughs> Harrison and I were looking at this, and we were like, oh, you know, we've got some flying models over here. We've still got some stuff. Um, I don't think I do anymore now that we've sold a bunch of it, but we have a few things. I know I got a Chimera somewhere. Um, and so uh, so we're looking at this going, wait, you can just play air battles? 
And you can fly up speed, change different speeds, turn, move stuff. Kind of looks a little like X, X-Wing or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay. So we're looking at that. This looks like fun. And I mean, it's so, yeah, I mean, I know so many people who are buying this are just buying this to get the new points and to play for pitched battles. But as a person who doesn't go to a lot of tournaments, who doesn't go places, this is the type of stuff that, it, the, hey, you know what? Do you want to play a 2,000 point? Eh, I don't know if I want to play. Let, let's try one of these things they've got in the book. And that's, I think that's the beauty of this is when they give you these sort of rules. It's like, this is just something new you can do. And who knows? You may love it. You know, this is something that's just something different. Um, It's sort of like when Warcry came out. Warcry is still one of my favorite things for Warhammer because I can play that game in 40 minutes and I can paint up a 10 or 12 models and have a great time. Um. I haven't sold Harrison on it, so I don't play it as often as I'd like. But this is, it's these, these, uh, these types of little alternate smaller games can make it really fun. And they got a campaign in here. Um, Lord knows I love a good campaign game. And so now I can fly stuff around and uh, as I'm flying stuff around... (laughs) I I can I can keep you know keep building it up keep campaigning it. Oh, I do got a bunch of flying things, don't I? Because we've got uh, not zombie dragons, but I've got at least three. Uh, oh, I got a Lord of Change somewhere. I got a Chimera. I got Terror Geists. Oh yeah, I've got several Terror Geists. We could play this. We could totally play this. <laughs> Open war battle generator. I like that. I like all this stuff. And then we get to narrative play. Um, special rules for team battles. Okay, cool, cool. Um, another little campaigny looking thing. The coalition of death stuff. Okay, I'm looking at that. That's cool. Then we get to the anvil of apotheosis. Boy, does this excite me. Um, now I am I I've already I mean I you know even though I don't I haven't listened to any big shows that talk about this I've seen this on social media. Um, I don't know if this is going to be allowed in tournaments, and I don't care. Uh, if I can't play it in a tournament, that's fine. I got a whole army book, you know. I got a whole battle tome. I don't need to build my own character. But boy, is it fun to build your own characters! <laughs> Just the concept of I can make the guy that I want to lead this army. And within reason, um, this goes back to the dwarf player in me. I loved one of the greatest things about playing dwarves back in the in the world that was was that you could build all of their magical armor, magical weapons, and magical banners. You got to create them. You could spend points and make them almost exactly what you wanted them to be. There were limits. You couldn't make anything that was invincible. Well, boy, could you make some cool stuff. And every hero, every lord, every character was custom designed by me. And it was probably my most fun part of the game. It's why I played dwarves for, almost exclusively played dwarves for like three, four years. Um, just because it was so much fun, then I then then I started playing vampires and the the undead stuff just sold me so well. But um, this anvil of apotheosis is so cool. I did want to talk about this just a little bit. Um, 
So you pick your destiny points. You either play a champion or a conqueror. Now, once again, this is narrative games. So it's like, okay, um, and it, it really says in here options to create a hero. Uh, I thought there was something in here about this, basically saying you have to have permission from your friend. Create your, a unique hero of your own design. It could be an existing miniature that you wish to give its own rules or a conversion you've made. Um, and you have stuff that you can play. Oh, let's see. I think it's back here. Hold on. Uh, if you're playing a campaign game, you could agree that after each battle, players accrue D3 destiny points so you can improve your hero. So if you're playing in campaigns, you can make a character that just keeps getting better. Open play games with your opponent's permission. If you're using the open war generator, your hero can be picked to be a champion or conqueror in your army depending on the destiny point limit for that hero. And then in match play games, it's totally a house rule. Requires your opponent's permission. Uh, and then you just multiply your destiny points by 10. I don't know exactly how accurate that is, but as I've been going through some of this, like, I mean, I suppose it could be abused. I, 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 maybe I haven't unlocked the abuse, and I suppose at 40 points, a 40-point hero that you don't put on a, on a, on a yeah, a 40 destiny point, that's a 400-point model. You, if you don't put him on a big beastie, you could really kind of trick him out and make him pretty awesome. Um but they've got your base stat just so you 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 know you start off you 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 pick whether it's going to be 20 destiny points or 40 destiny points and everything's got points here you can look it up yourself. Uh it's pages 56 through 63 I think in the No, 56 through 65. So it's it's 10 pages in the book about how to make your own character. But it's such a cool idea. And I was starting off slow. I'm like, "Oh, let's look at the 20 20 destiny point model, which if you translate that into a, a, a pitched battle, that would be up to a 200-point character. And I'm looking. I'm like, okay, a lot of these guys start off, and, you know, you've got a base destiny points just for what you're going to pick. You know, uh, the very first thing, it's it's an elf, and it says order, army, order, elf, and then there's army. you got to pick which army it's from, whether it's Idaneth, Cities, LRL, or uh, Daughters of Cain, and they're a hero. Uh, you pick that. You automatically start off with a six-inch move, five wounds, six-up save, and seven bravery. So making an elf hero, that's your stats. Cool. And it goes through this, and that's three destiny points. So it's like 30 points to start off with one of those guys. Uh, a dragon ogre is like 10, but that thing's got 10 wounds. and eight. I mean, it's a freaking dragon ogre, right? Um I'm looking through this, and I'm like, oh, they got Mordants and Mortals and Bone Reapers and Stormcast. Your Stormcast hero starts off at five points. You start with a Skeleton, a Vampire. I'm like, okay, I don't see a Necromancer, but I don't think that's a big deal. Uh, and as I'm going through this, it's like, oh, there's, oh, Malignant. Okay, there's your Night Haunt. Since I'm playing Night Haunt, I looked at this. And uh, I'm like, okay, let me see if I build a character with this. So it starts off with the keywords death, malignant, night haunt, and hero. I'm like, okay, five wounds, four up save, six-inch move, ten bravery. Sounds pretty standard for a uh, night haunt hero. Uh, But this thing's 12 points. It is literally the most expensive starting ancestry in the book. Dragon Ogres are only 10. I'm like, 12 points? But they come with Fly and Ethereal. Which, if you look later in the in the book, as you can pick abilities for your characters, those are four destiny points a pop. 
So when I only get 20, yes, I'm starting off with 12 for this character, but I've already got eight points of eight destiny points worth of abilities already built into the character. So without those, he'd be about a four, which is about right. So I'm like, okay, 12, not bad. I got a malignant. So then what do I do next? And like I said, if you haven't looked through this or if you haven't picked up the GHB yet, and I know everybody has. I'm way behind on the curve here. Everybody's been talking about it. But boy, oh boy, am I looking at this. I'm like, this is cool. Um, now, there was a couple of weird things. Uh, a lot of times you can pick... Uh, now, you pick your weapons. You can pick one one-handed weapon, two one-handed weapons, uh, a hand, a hand, uh, one one-handed weapon and a shield, a two-handed weapon, a bow and a weapon, uh, yeah, a hand bow and weapon or a bow and a weapon. I didn't realize that was that difference. Oh, the range and stuff. Okay. So you pick these weapons. Now, a lot of times when you have two of the same hand weapon, you just get to, like, re-roll ones to hit. That doesn't have that on here. Apparently, you can pick two one-handed weapons, and you can pick two of the same weapon or two different weapons. Um, but that's kind of cool. You can have the... So it depends on how you go. Most of this is one point. The two-handed weapons, some of them go into two-point. The improvised weapon, which costs zero points, I don't understand what the heck that is. Um, but you can... Uh, you know, there's just stats here. So the kind of stuff you want to take. So I looked at it and I said, you know what? Oh, and then I looked under shield and there's one restriction under shield. Now shield, improve your save characteristic by one. And that costs you two destiny points. Uh, restrictions, no malignance. So the, the, the character I picked is the only character who can't take a shield. But then think about it. You're ethereal. You can't adjust your save anyway. So no, you can't take a shield. You're a ghost. What good is a shield going to do you? So I'm like, all right, so then I'll take a, I don't think I'm going to take a great axe. Three attacks, fours by twos, two ren, two damage. That's two more destiny points, and I got a 14-point character swinging a big old great axe. I'm like, okay, now look at the archetypes, and then this doesn't actually cost you any points. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Uh, I can either be a commander, which is... Uh, you know, you're basically your, your hero. Uh, the Acolyte gets, gets the keyword of priest. Uh, no demons, death mages, Saurus or Skaven priests. Uh, wizards, no Dwarden, corn or Saurus wizards. All right, I get it. Um, and, oh, death mages, those are like, uh, those are sort of, I think, death, death mage, I think those are like necromancers. So it goes through here, and you could pick one. So I, I'm going to make my guy a commander. I don't want, I don't need him to be a wizard. I don't need him to be a priest. I just want a regular guy. And they've got different bonuses here, and I kind of like this. Lead the attack. you got a command ability. So they get a spe their own special command ability. Uh, plus one to hit rolls for attacks made by a unit. Pick a friendly unit with an 18. I'll take that, plus one to hit. Always good to take a plus one to hit. Uh, the priest gets uh, different invocations. The mage actually gets a list of spells. They can cast one spell. Uh, they know Arcane Boat, Mystic Shield, any spells you have picked from the spell table, which there's just four here, and they get that spell. If you put them in your army, if they have the keyword for whatever that army is, which I think they have to, then they, they would get spells off the list as well, probably. I'm like, okay. I'm kind of liking this. they got some cool stuff here. Um... And then you can start picking companions. Um, now you can pick a minor beast, 
a mounted beast or a gargantuan beast. I'm not certain what all the difference is here. Uh, minor, oh, minor beast follows you around, so flesh hounds, things like that. Uh, mounted beast is something you ride on. A gargantuan beast is like a dragon, a thunder tusk, or a manticore. Um, and you don't have to give them stuff. Now, if you want to have them riding, now you can't, you know, um, they get the keyword monster in here and stuff like that. You add eight to your wounds characteristic, you get extra attacks, and that's another 15 destiny points. So I'm already at 14. Uh, I could take a minor beast to follow me around, like a flesh hound or something like that, but I don't necessarily want one. And that's six points just to get a beast following me around, which would get me to 20 points. I'm like, meh, meh, not interested. Uh, you can actually uh, spend destiny points to give them bonuses, breath attacks, extra charges, razor sharp claws. Razor sharp claws the, um, improved the rend characteristic by one. Uh, poisonous bite, stuff like that. Uh, things that, that you know you can pick and, and add to that. Now, I'm going to skip that because, like I said, I'm going with 20 points. And then when you're done, you can finally get your final enhancements and abilities. You know, plus one bravery, plus one wound, plus one movement. Um, this is where you can get ethereal and you can get fly. Um, I've already got them. Uh, regen is nice. In your hero phase, roll a die for the model on a four-up. You can heal up to D3 wounds. Oh, maybe that's not bad. Now, see, and here's where I guess it could be abused because, like I said, I've already I've only spent 14 points. If I don't take a beast and I take a 40-point hero, I can really abuse this because I've got 12, 14. That leaves me. I could just I could just start taking a bunch of this stuff. Um, that would leave me 26 points to spend. I mean, I could. I mean, yeah. Uh, I like Frenzy in here. I looked at this one. Unmodified hit roll is a six. You get two hits instead of one. Make a wound and save for each hit. My stuff that was two rend and two damage. Oof, yeah, I'll take that, especially wounding on twos. Um, scoring two hits, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, the regen, boom, there's another. In fact, just Frenzy and regen gets me up to 20. So now I'm doing double hits with my uh, three attacks. I only took... The, the one weapon, so I only got three attacks, but it can do double wounds if I do sixes, something like that. Um, you know, there's just such cool stuff in here. Plus one to the attacks. Uh, you know, for five destiny points, if they're in our, on the start of first battle round, I get an extra command point. Okay, that's cool. You know, um, there's just there's so many cool things in here. And I just looked at this and said... Wow, suddenly I can make the character. And it, I don't see, as I'm looking in here, I don't, oh, sorry about that. I don't know when I'm looking here. I don't necessarily see anything that's going to break the game. Um, what I do see is a chance to make that character that I want, that hero that I want, that narrative play that I'm doing. I mean, you really could. I mean, now, granted, for Night Haunt, it's expensive to make these these heroes. Um, but if I was doing some narrative play and I wanted to, you know, I, you could make a couple of heroes with this. Um, heck, you could literally say, okay, uh, you know, we're going to play some narrative game. You're limited to, you know, 20 destiny points. All right, well, you know, I could take a couple of elf heroes at three points a pop. 
and then add in a couple of give them each a weapon so that makes them each five points a pop and then give them a couple of uh special abilities you can have for 20 points you could do two cheapy uh two cheapy uh, heroes in here and suddenly they they have the exact weapon loadout you want and you can name the weapons you know like i said you could do you could you know uh you know he's got two he's got two swords and each one's got a special name because They've each got a special ability. You know, there's things. Pick a, pick a specific weapon, and you can increase it. So suddenly it's like I can differentiate on the weapons. This weapon's got a little extra rend. This weapon's got an extra attack. Uh, you can do that with this, and I think that's fantastic. As far as narrative play goes, especially campaign-type games, I think it would be so much fun to actually... Uh, build and 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 run a game where your character and then you get extra an extra d three destiny points. So suddenly, if you win the battle, your general gets better and can step up and get a couple. You know, oh, what did he learn from this? You know, and if you're playing, if you're if you're if you're not playing just to add awesome things, if you're playing to sort of tell that story, you can suddenly be like, well, he did this, this, and this. So which of the you know what what can I add that actually reflects what he did? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of excited about the anvil. I think the anvil's got some really cool stuff. Um, it just it 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 gets me excited. Um, for what you could possibly be doing, it just seems like fun. Overall, I think the general the 2020 general's handbook it's got me pretty, it's got me pretty jazzed. Uh, I did sort of flip through some of the pitched battle stuff. Um, I noticed Nagash got more expensive again, and I said, what? Um, and I don't know how everything went. I wasn't looking at absolutely everything. Um, what did grab my attention is that a lot of my Night Haunt stuff went down, just a little bit. Um, but it's just, you know, I could maybe afford an extra unit with the points drop, which is, you know, that's cool. I can always take that. Uh, the only thing that confused me was the Dread Scythe Heritance, uh, because, and this is just my, you know, being a being a you know complainer, I guess. But they were originally eighty for five, and then if you took a full twenty, you got the bulk. You got uh, two eighty for the twenty, so um, you saved forty points. You saved about ten points per unit if you got the full twenty. Um, here they dropped them 10 points for 5, so it's down to 70. But if you buy in bulk, you only save 20 on top of that, which is just, I don't know if other bulk units got that sort of a thing, but it just seemed to me like, oh, really? Wait, so everything else, it dropped 10 points. This one only drops now 5 points per if you get the bonus. Maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just complaining. Maybe, you know, I looked at the change and said, oh, wait a minute, that's not the same. I don't know what's happening here. Um, in fact, let me look and see if this changes anything. Oh, that's not even a thing anymore. Oh, that's right, because you don't have those guys, because those units, ah, there's big changes. I'm talking to myself now as I'm looking at the book. Doesn't this make for great radio? Absolutely it does. Everybody loves it. Um I don't know. I'm just looking at this thinking this is seems like a lot of the things got some point reductions. Uh some things didn't. Oh look, Seraphon have not had any changes in their 
War Scrolls. Man, Seraphon are just getting the short end of the stick here, aren't they? It's just, I, it, hey, look, I don't know. Maybe they're not. It feels like it to me. You put out a whole release. The last release got no new models. The next release got one new piece of terrain. Not even endless spells for a magical race. Like, come on, what's happening here? But what do I know? You know, um, let's see. Libs. Oh, Liberators. A hundred, and then you, you, if you buy six times that, you saved 80. Now it's 90, and if you buy six times that, uh, 40. Oh, you saved 60. So it does seem to have changed a little bit. But it seems like this, yeah, it seems like the, the Stormcast have dropped quite a bit on a lot of their units. And that's good. A lot of the heroes lost stuff, the concussors, the decimators. Those things change. That's good. Uh, see, it's it's nice to see. It's nice to see them going through and really doing a little bit of point adjustment. And I know point adjustment doesn't always fix all the problems, but at least it, it addresses stuff. You know, it at least addresses. You know what? These guys aren't as good as that. You know, this will just. You know, maybe one extra unit helps. Maybe it will. At least until they get a new book. But uh, I'm not complaining. Partially because I'm a fanboy. And I like everything, partially because I still remember when you got your book, and then if it was not working for you, you had four years of not working for you until you saw another thing, at least four. Um, now I'm, you know, every year they're at least adjusting points for me, so I'm good with that. Um, I think that's about it. I think, you know, it's uh, that's all I really wanted to say. And my first thoughts on this too. So, um. Why don't we take another break and then we're going to come back and wrap up the show. Um, like I said, it's just my initial thoughts and we all know that I don't know anything. But, you know, there's people who listen to this show because I don't know anything. Because they're sort of casual gamers like I am and uh, they're in it for whatever reason. Um, like I said, I'm in it for the lore and for having fun building models and stuff like that. I've never been really good at this game. So that other stuff, that's, that's, that's why we got Alex, because he knows how to play. So, uh, yeah, back in a few and then, uh, wrap it up. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them.
Hi there. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I rambled on about Realm Lords and why magic is cool, and then I talked a little bit about the stuff in the GHB. Um. And that's about all I got right now. That's kind of where I'm at with all this stuff. This is where I've been focusing my attention in the hobby over the past few weeks. And maybe I'm not casting as wide a net as other people. And I know, you know, I was so tempted to buy the 40K rule book or at least get a 40K rule book um, with Indominus coming out. But I don't have any 40K stuff anymore. I got a few ultramarines left that I'm probably going to wind up figuring, you know, getting rid of those last few bits, but I don't have time to play this many games. I just don't. And uh, so I'm so tempted, especially with all the cool 40K stuff that they're coming out with, totally tempted to uh, to get it, but no, I haven't. So I see other people's excitement, and I see the... Um, I see all the cool stuff happening with these other these other uh this other systems uh and I am so happy for those people <laughs> I just I have not had time to play them and uh well what are you gonna do um but that's what I'll do I just listen to independent characters and hear what they have to say about the new forty k since uh since those guys uh, seem to be on par with what I like to play. So there you go. Um, I hope you enjoyed this, and I will be back in about a week and a half. And I think, I think I'm going to talk Realm Lords lore. I think Har before Harrison goes back to school, I'd like to talk about this uh, and get everyone as jazzed and excited about them as I am because they're so much fun and they're so cool. And uh, and then this way, you know, if, if Alex is still moving house, that's cool. He's still moving in. Uh, this way he doesn't have to talk about how awesome Techless is because Lord knows he'll never admit it. So um, this way I've got someone who actually likes Techless, and we can talk about Techless's army. Um, but, so, yeah, I guess that'll be the next, the next thing. Um, hope the rant didn't get too long. Hope that uh, you guys are cool with that. Uh, you know, hey, if not too bad. It's my show. Uh, I'm not apologizing for what I said. I just, you know, man, I went on for like 10, 12 minutes. That wasn't the plan. But who has a plan? I'm up here with about, you know, I'm up here with minimal notes and just running my mouth off. And, uh, yeah, so I hope your hobby's going well. I hope everybody's staying safe. Uh, it's It's crazy, especially here in the United States where apparently... Apparently, safety precautions are imposing on your personal freedoms, you know, and stuff like that. Dear Lord. Uh, eh, I'm not getting on that soapbox, but dear Lord. Folks, put on your mask if you got to go outside. Be safe. Uh, try and let's, you know, good Lord. Let's just get, be safe so we can go back to being normal human beings. Come on. Halloween is a full moon and on a Saturday.
tweaks. And I'm like, you don't hear it here because I'm using crummy mics, but I use those amazing mics and you hear everything. So I got to figure that stuff out. But hey, those amazing mics and all the stuff I'm using and trying to make the show sound and, and do better is because of the 1%. And well, and because of the sponsors, but honestly, it's a lot of it's the one percent. Um, so thank you, thank you so much. Um, that's it. We'll be back in about ten days. Sorry, this was late, uh, but you know we're in a crazy world right now, and it's hard to get these things going. But yeah, back in about ten days, maybe with Alex, maybe not. If Alex is listening, hope your move is going as well going well um <laughs> if it's not i hope it gets better uh <laughs> but uh yeah folks until next time only the faithful will be triumphant only the faithful will stand when all those fall and only the faithful know no despair except in failure you've been listening to garage hammer if you've enjoyed the show maybe consider leaving us a positive review on itunes or check out our patreon page at patreon.com slash garage hammer if you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer, and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.